It is time now for our spotlight on a retailer, and that is Nordstrom, after the retailer reported its quarterly numbers. Joining us now to dig into this report is Simeon Siegel, Senior Analyst with BMO Capital Markets. I think when I, when I looked at your report, you used the phrase, better than feared. I often use the phrase, not as bad as it could have been. So while the shares are cheap here, you're not fighting so quickly, right, Simeon? What did you think about the report? Well, you and I are just—we're just eternal optimists over here with uh, with our term. <laughs> so, um, good, good to be back. Um, no, I think you're right. I think the title of our report was "Shares Are Cheap" in uh, in air quotes. The air quotes don't make it over the phone as well as in person, but the shares are cheap in air quotes. But we fear numbers are too high, and so I think part of this conversation ends up being across retail. Do people want to own consumer discretionary when we are in the midst of all of this macro news? There will be a point where people will go bottom fishing, will start parsing through. But I think we have to worry and we have to ask in an earnings cycle where everyone just cut numbers, did Nordstrom just kick the can down the road? And so what's interesting is, that are they doing anything right to say, hey, you know, look, they kicked the can down the road. The fact that they didn't stumble as badly as, say, Walmart or Target or some of these other retailers that actually had a hard time in the quarter, um, I guess that is something that they managed to sort of comb through. Yeah, and it's listen, it's, an, it's a great point. And what I think we need to internalize is that results are different than expectations. And I know you and I joked about it first, but, but this was an expectation conversation. Nordstrom put up just under 1% EBIT margin. That is not something to be very excited about. So we're looking in the context of the big box that you talked about where they pushed revs, they saw margins miss. We look at TJX, on the other hand, which missed revenues but saw margins grow. I think what we are internalizing or saw margins beat, I think what we need to realize is that there's a lot of rhetoric going around about macro hurting the demand level, but consumers are still spending. The stocks that have been winning on bad days are the companies that are protecting their margins. And you and I in the past have talked about the fact that the pandemic allowed a lot of these retailers that historically had grown for growth's sake to take a breath and actually focus on making money, selling less and charging more. I think the concern is people are forgetting that very quickly. I think some of these companies are starting to chase growth again. And it's those that are protecting the profitability that they earned over the last few years. Those are the ones that are winning. So to your point about Nordstrom, what are they doing? They realize they need to improve the Racks business, right, their, their version of off-price. They're improving the Nordstrom business, but at the same time, being just barely profitable on, a, on an operating margin basis, on, a, on an earnings basis, they lost money. That feels like a hard thing to commend. Right. And, you know, um, there's a few things happening as you talk about consumer discretionary, which does happen to be the number one um, sector today, but that doesn't mean that's what it is um, all the time. That being said, what's interesting about Nordstrom, and, and you tell me how it compares to some of the other department stores, but it always seemed to be a little haphazard in some of its reports, in the demand for its products. Um, and they themselves noted that they need to improve margins. They want to see incremental improvement on profitability um, and improve the customer experience. What meantime, customers are so worried about inflation and they're moving to more consumables and away from apparel. Um, it just doesn't seem great. I know they have a buyback. I don't know if that helps. 
Yeah, and listen, it's, it's, there's a lot of good points in there. I think the, the the most important thing is that Nordstrom, or at least the biggest headline is that Nordstrom grew revs. So that would suggest that at least Nordstrom's customers are still spending. The point that I would make is I think most most customers are still spending, despite this conversation around everyone's no longer buying goods and now they're buying services or they're only buying staples. I mean, we're seeing a lot of discretionary spending. We're just seeing it come at the cost of margin. And that's what's very different. I don't think people are really internalizing that. So to your point, we are seeing the rise of this rhetoric that the higher income shoppers are offsetting or, or not seeing or sidestepping the pressure that the lower income customers are seeing. And whether that's the difference between Nordstrom and the big box, the discounters, or whether that's even within off price, looking at TJ's performance versus raw stores, this is definitely the narrative that is going out there. I think we'll have to, it remains to be seen if we enter this full-blown recession, hard to imagine. I think you're, you'll be exactly right. People stop buying clothes when they need to tighten their belt. And at the end oh, of the day, we have yet to see yeah. that. But what I would say for right now, that's the rhetoric. I think the reality is focusing on this profitability. Which are these companies that are holding on to the gains? Which are the companies that are healthier today than they were before the pandemic? Because some of them are. Yeah, and luxury is last to go, too. I mean, right? I mean, we've seen that in prior recessions, even during 2008, 2009. I mean, you know, the, the lower end, let's say a Walmart shopper, may change over more quickly to, to consumables and step away from discretionary versus a Nordstrom shopper or a Bloomingdale's shopper um, of Macy's may, may wait a little bit because they have, a, you know, a bigger bankroll. Let me ask you this. What do you think about the rest of the retail group, Simeon? Is there a name that stands out to you or names? This one you have basically a neutral on. You have a market perform at a target of 28 bucks, which is a little higher than where it is today. Are there other names that you're leaning more towards buy or even a strong buy? Yeah, so the way that we are trying to approach the stocks right now are to say, what is your duration? What's your horizon? I think if we can all go to sleep and make it a very heavy sleep because you got to uh, be willing to stomach the downside in between, I think we're going to find that Under Armour is a much higher stock a year from now because Under Armour is a much healthier stock now than they were before the pandemic, and they're at the same share price. I think a little bit less volatility, a little bit less uh, just let, let's call it risk-reward type of, uh, of an approach. I think TJX on the other hand, is a quieter compounder that just showed you that they can build this business profitably and they are going to focus on that. So when I look out, I think we have to accept that no one can call the bottom right now. The macro is what the macro is. But you get days like today and you get days like yesterday. But at the end of the day, I think that certain companies are going to walk out healthier than they walked in. And those are the companies that I want to be a part of. And when we look at them, I think Under Armour down here and TJX look very interesting. Simeon Siegel, it's always great to chat with you. Forget the air quotes. It's okay. Uh, we're happy you were able to join us even by telephone today because this was an important topic. Simeon Siegel, BMO Capital Markets. Thank you. Thank you very much.